Welcome to the Work For Your Meat podcast, where we talk about West Coast hunting. Um, Bobby just gave me a Jack Daniels bottle, and now I'm staring at that. Uh, we talk about West Coast hunting, training, working for your meat, and putting in the effort to go get the big bucks, and whatever else we hunt and enjoy. Um, I got JT on the phone, and uh, he's actually eating a salad, enjoying his nightly dinner. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm here also with Robert Northern. Um, he is my guest tonight, and he will be talking. Well, we'll be talking to him about a few things when he started hunting, um, what got him hooked into hunting, our backcountry hunt we did this weekend that was really epic and fun, and actually really tiring, and coming up empty-handed, which is okay. But it's all about the hunt, and also some of the elk units to put in for us since elk is opening up, and the season. When does the season start for that? In September. So, got Bobby here. Tell us a little about yourself, Bobby. How old are you? What do you do for a living? What's your life? Just, you know, talk. <laughs> uh, 28 years old. Uh, what, do you, what did you want to know? <laughs> 28 years old. I like the party. Very beautiful baritone voice. <laughs> uh, I grew up in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Born and raised. You want me to just like go through my life? Story? No, I don't want. Actually, actually, I don't even want you to talk anymore. That's what I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> so, so. Yeah, and that's Bobby for you. Yeah, and that's Bobby. That's just perfect. You know, what, JT, why don't you talk for a little bit? How's your day been today? Today was not a bad day. You know, I went to work. Well, actually, I, I got up pretty early. I got up at three thirty this morning. I went to the gym. Wow. Then I went to work, and then I went back to the gym, and now I am enjoying a delicious. Salad. Um, Do you know who used to eat salads back in the day? No. Poor, poor people. That's why you know that. No. <laughs> well, I uh, I'm leaving for a work trip here in uh, a day, and I went out like two days ago and bought all the salad stuff, forgetting that uh, I'm leaving, so I'm trying to eat it all. Uh, <laughs> Before I leave and not waste like $50 of salad stuff that I bought. So Kind of like when he left for the last work trip when I was at his house and I woke up in the morning and he's like, hey man, take all this stuff home with you. And I'm just <laughs> looking at the counter and it's just like pastries from his dad's bakery, like three loaves of bread. Like oh, He's like, dude, this is the good stuff. Take it home. <laughs> of course, none Pringles, of it got, none of it got eaten Pringles. And I'm like, I'm not taking Pringles home. So I put them back in his pantry after he left. <laughs> yeah, but the thing about it, though, is that wasn't even my food. It was food that my family bought when they were here for Christmas. They, they were like, oh, here, let's go buy all this food and we'll eat it. And then they never touched any of it. So, you know, not my fault. Yeah, not your fault. Sure. All right. So let's get into this podcast a little bit. Um, so, Bobby, how old were you? When you first got into hunting, or I guess you should say not, I shouldn't say killed your first buck or anything like that, but what got you into it? What made you want to start hunting? Because, you know, it's not really a thing you just jump into like me, you know? No one really uh, told me what to do. Yeah. Um, so, fortunate enough to be raised by a, a guy who's an avid hunter. I mean, he, he started hunting when he was young. And so, I kind of grew up around that from... Uh, I was around it from like four years old till, I mean, current, you know, but started about four, you know, I used to see him and 
he would go on hunts. He was a huge coos deer hunter, still is. Um, so that's kind of when I got immersed into it. Um, used to go on, we used to go camping a lot, and you know, he'd, he'd teach me how to glass and what to look for and whatever. Um, but I took a hunter's ed at, at 10 years old. I was 10. I think that's when... That's when you can do it. 10 years old, I'm pretty sure. So, like, you know, the day that I was turned 10, I was, you know, I turned to him, I was like, hey, I'm I'm ready to go through 100 Ed. So, went through that and um, actually ended up drawing uh, a junior mule deer tag in Unit 10 that same year, uh, JJ and I (laughs) drew the same tag. So, that was kind of cool. That was our first hunt. Um... Neither one of us killed on that, but <laughs> yeah, it was fun. So it started started at ten right off the bat, Hunter Ed, and, and a, you know, junior hunt in Unit Ten. That's cool, so, man. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool, man. And that, yeah, that'd be legit. a junior tag. Of course, I mean, you didn't get anything, but still, and yeah. the fact you didn't get anything at ten years old and was still like, you know what, I want to keep doing this. I guess it shows a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it was cool. I um, think I think what blows my mind is that Bobby at 10 years old has the privilege of going out big game hunting in the state of Arizona, where as opposed to where I am in upstate New York or anywhere in the state of New York, you can't big, you can't big game hunt until you're 16 years old. Really? God. By by yourself. Yeah. (laughs) Unbelievable. I mean, what a privilege. Why can't you do that? Is that, that's just state. It's just the state rules. I mean, that's just how New York has been for the longest time. They're, they're pretty strict about their, their hunting rules uh, compared to other states that I've hunted in, like Ohio, Wyoming, Wisconsin, Arizona. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's amazing. I, I, that's something I wish that they would have – that they would change for future generations because I I remember going out as a kid with my dad, but I never could ever shoot a, a big game animal, only a small game, which was always fun. But Right. Crushing yeah. squirrels feel, and rabbits. <laughs> Yeah, crushing squirrels. <laughs> yeah, oh, we I definitely mean, just. Yeah, we had a like, con- like conquerors bad fur day. It was bad, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely, man. That's yeah, I, I never thought about that. I, you know, I didn't know that certain states had certain age limit. I mean, Arizona has an age limit, but yeah, it's ten years old. But I mean, we were we were popping squirrels and stuff with our red riders, you know, prior to that. Old red riders. But yeah, first first big game was was ten years old. Dude, that's crazy. It was a cool hunt, man. I still remember it. Uh, missed a shot. I think it was like eighty yards. But I was so you know, you want to talk about buck fever now? <laughs> buck fever at ten years old. Holy cow! <laughs> it was the real deal, you know. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of when it first started for me, and just kind of grew and and escalated from there. To, to what it is now. So. Yeah. What it is now. Now you're... Now it's... It's... It's the passion. Man. It yeah. Is, you know... Think about it every day, every night. And... Yep. And it's funny because... Like, Arizona's like the hidden gem. People don't really bring it up much. They don't talk about it much. But there are some big bucks here. There are some big everything here. It's just... Ri- it's pretty rich in game, but... Yeah. It's putting in the work to get back to where you gotta get to. You know? I, I wouldn't say it's... I wouldn't say it's a hidden gem, but I mean, you know, pe- people know it. Yeah, but where, but where are you going to find? Yeah, I, I get that, but you got to think we are in like mountainous cactus terrain with just like 
sagebrush around. Diverse, it's, just, it's a very diverse state uh, in regards to uh, terrain. Yeah. And uh, I think that's what kind of makes it unique because you can hunt big bucks in the desert, but you can also hunt big bucks in the in the forest, which is, you know, a couple hours away. Or you can hunt, you know, which uh, we talked about the last podcast, which Arizona is actually a, a good state to hunt ducks in, which doesn't really seem, it sounds counterproductive because yeah. it's like a lot of desert, but yeah. um, it's, just a, it's a very unique state to hunt in, I think. It's not not necessarily a hidden gem because it, it's a very well-known state for the animals, but yeah. um, this is a unique uh, place to be able to hunt. Right. Yeah, you know, I, I think what's kind of another thing just to kind of go off what Matt was saying, you know, I think a lot of people that have never been to Arizona, they, uh, you know, they think of Arizona, they think of it as like the wild, wild west, like, oh, it's the desert and tombstone you know what I mean so but when people actually come here and they actually experience it you know like people people in the military you know they come to Tucson they never leave Tucson they're like I'm like man have you ever been to northern Arizona you know they're like oh this place sucks it's the desert and and then finally they branched out a little bit and they realized that you know the state of Arizona is is incredible I mean the amount of the amount of game that we have to hunt here is it's it's savage, you know. I mean, you can hunt so much, and you can hunt year round, and so I, I think that's you know what makes Arizona so special. Yeah, yeah. great weather very, all the time. Very, very rich. Very, very rich with uh, with wild game. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. It's like when I do when I got my orders to like come to Arizona. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Yeah, like I got Arizona, like Tucson. What the heck is in Tucson? And I showed up here and I was like, all right, I actually don't want to leave now. And I'm getting out of here and I want to stay in Tucson. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, so back to more talking. Um, all right, so we talked about getting hooked on hunting at 10 years old. When did you kill your first buck? 12 years old. 12 years old. Two years later. Unit 21. <laughs> Unit 21. That's awesome. No, no, no. Where is Unit 21, Bobby? Unit 21 is east of 17. So in in Phoenix in going towards north Flagstaff. Of, north of Phoenix, south of Camp Verde. Okay. Okay. That's, that's where me and you hunted. Yeah. Were we in 22? So it goes 21, 22, 23 okay. as you head east. So we were in 22 then. That makes sense. So you killed your first buck. And what kind of? And, and was it? What was it? Was it a? Uh, was it a mule deer or was it a coos? Mule deer. I have. I have never killed a coos deer. Okay. All right. Which is kind of why. Is that why it's such I, a? Just why a, I have a heart on. Are you? It. Yeah. Are you just hooked on coos? I missed. I missed a coos deer buck. Uh, three. The when we got back from uh, Kuwait. Okay, so three years ago? Three years ago, I missed a 130-yard shot on a coos buck. Last day of the hunt, and never saw him again. And uh, With uh, your rifle, you missed him? With my rifle, yeah. You missed a 130-yard shot? What were you doing? Sure did. I don't want to talk yeah, about it. Yeah, what were you doing? I was just, I was out there by myself. It was day seven of the hunt. Hadn't seen any, I haven't seen, I hadn't seen a buck at all. So I decided to to walk across the ridge to the other side and, and jumped him. Had no idea he was there. He ran down the hill, hit the drainage and popped up the other side. And I had my scope on him as he was running down. And I knew, I told myself, I was like, as soon as he hits that drainage, he's going to go 
like 10, 15 yards up, and he's going to stop and do that classic stop, stop and look behind deal that, that these deer always do. And sure enough, he did that. I'm like, man, I'm going to have like maybe two seconds, three seconds to get a shot off. So I had it on the whole time. As soon as he stopped, I put the crosshairs on it and, you know, squeeze as, as best as I could. But I was, you know, time crunch, adrenaline's running, and I shot right underneath him. Oh. <laughs> and he ran and took off, you know, up over, up over and down the backside. And I never saw him again. So, um, yeah, man. I mean, that's just kind of one of those deals where I you know, just, got under, just got under my skin. And, and Kuzi are a different beast, man. You know, they don't, they don't call them the gray ghost for no reason. You can't, you can't see them. They blend in so well. <laughs> They're so small. that It's just, it's the ultimate challenge for me. I mean, I think hunting coos deer is especially with the bow is probably one of the hardest hunts you know in the world um, just because of the, the terrain that they live in and how hard it is to find them how you know they're super woody their senses are crazy i mean their ears are better than dogs you know it's just they're just super hard they're, and they're the size of a dog too yeah and they're just they're kind of they're kind of majestic to me you know because they, they're only in they're only in arizona Mexico, Sonora, and New Mexico. That's that's, that's it. That's their that's spots. The only place that they live. So, and I'm telling you, they are definitely called the Great Ghosts for a reason. Because the hunt this weekend, I, I realize Bobby has a big fascination for these things because that's all he talked about. And I'm pretty sure 90 percent of the day, all he kept saying while we we're glassing was, "Where's the bucks? Where's the big bucks?" <laughs> yeah. Big, where are the big bucks at? Find me a big buck, man. So, <laughs> so talking about this weekend, we did a uh, backpack hunt um, up the Rincon Mountains. We just started to go. We just went far, and we found a little, got a map, and we looked to see where we we're gonna go. And I remember walking into the area, and we had all our pack ready to go. We had our loadout and all that stuff, and we're walking in, and Bobby points up to the mountaintop. He goes, "Yeah, we're gonna walk up to there." And I was looking at it, I was like, yeah, that's, that's far. That's, that's really far. And it was very far. Um, we're heading to the area to go park and we get about halfway and he goes, Hey man, I got to tell you something. And I was like, Oh no, what happened? He goes, I forgot to get water at the gas station. I was like, Oh my God. All right. So he's like, I'm so sorry. Rookie mistake. So we turn around and demerit. We go around, we turn around, go back to the gas station, get him water. He fills up, and then we get back to the area. We start walking at, like, what, 7 o'clock? Yeah. Start hiking in at, like, 7 o'clock, get to the trailhead, and we're walking in. We get up, to, of course, a few hills. We get over the rolling hills. We're about probably four or five miles in, and then it just basically just, like, stops and just goes straight up. And it was actually a good sign because as we're getting in there, we we're walking up to this little area, and sure enough, this little two-by-two coos just pops out. We jumped him. We're like, with dough. We're like, uh-oh. That's a good sign. But, of course, he saw us, so he took off riding. We're like, all right, we're just going to keep going, get to the top, and we'll spot all these guys when we get to the top. So we get to the top, which was just insane, straight up this area. I'm I'm telling you, Bobby tries to kill me every time we go on hikes. He literally (laughs) just tries to kill me. Like, that's just it. Like, we're on vertical hilltops, like, scaling rocks to get around areas to get up, bushwhacking through everything just to get to where we need to be. Wait until you're at the end of the story, bro. (laughs) (laughs) so we get to the top and we finally get to our area and we set up 
our semi camp. We didn't really have a camp. It was just more like just slept under the stars. Drop your shit and grab the binoculars and let's go find a spot to go glass. And we're sitting there, and I pull my binoculars up. This is the first time like actually using a tripod and everything because Bobby's all about glassing. And I, I've been hunting with JT, and you know we just kind of just walk around, got our binoculars, and we try to jump something, then chase it down and kill it. You know. <laughs> um, so we get up there and we start glassing. We're quiet, and Bobby's talking. He's like all excited. We're up there. He puts a dip in, I put a dip in, we get the <laughs> tripods out, and we go looking, and he goes to put on music, and he starts like, the music starts playing, I go, Bobby, turn, turn that shit off. Uh, it I'm was like, a Snapchat. Bro. I'm like, oh, was it? Was it a Snapchat? <laughs> By the way, we had full service where we were, I had no idea why. Uh, it was a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, we get up there, and I hear music playing, I go, Bobby, sh- shut up, shut up, I'm looking at a goose right now. He's like, wow, he's like, good eye. <laughs> Good eye. And then he kept saying, man, good eye. I'm like, oh, my God, here we go. Good eye. <laughs> spot, man. It was, it was in some thick – it was on North Slope, thick, thick, overgrown trees. All you saw – it was a doe, but all you saw was her head just feeding. Like, literally, that's all you could see. And thank God, if it wasn't for a tripod, I would never have seen that. And that's where it becomes, like, such a big deal to have a tripod and, like, good good optics. Yeah. Uh, so, long story short, we glass up all day. I think we saw – a small buck at the end of the night and nothing to really go crazy over. Made a little fire that night, slept under the stars. <laughs> I slept like crap. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Bobby had this awesome like little pad that he pulled out and blew up and it was like super comfy and he's like in this warm sleeping bag and I pull out my little pad that I bought and the thing rolled out to my waist <laughs> and didn't blow up at all. So, <laughs> I just slept in the dirt with, I woke up in the middle of the night with Bobby's ass in my face, basically, and my face literally in the dirt. And I was like breathing in like dirt. And I was like, why am I breathing in dirt? And I finally looked up I'm like, oh my God, my face is black. I'm freaking covered in dirt right now. <laughs> uh, and then we wake up in the morning and the sun's rising up and I wake up and I look and I'm like, holy crap. I'm like, the sun's up, but now it's coming up over the ridge. So I smack Bobby and he pops his head up and he goes, Oh, we're late. <laughs> so we grab the binoculars, go out, start glassing all day, and we find this little buck. Uh, what? Probably just like a just like a little spike horn that we saw, a little coos. Second day. Yeah, this one. But when we finally decided to go that way to get down. Yeah. Yeah. So to get down, we saw this little spike horn. We go down the area. We're like, all right, you know what? We're gonna pack up camp. We're gonna go try to see if we can just find this buck. See what he looks like. It's kind of far away. Um, so we pack up camp and we start walking down this area. He's like, all right, we're going to go this way, um, to get down instead of the original way we came up. And it looked savage. It was savage. <laughs> it, it honestly, almost at some points I was a little frightened. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Oh, so going down, yeah, going down <laughs> steep stuff for me is just not a thing I like. Um, so we get over this ridge and we walk down this thing we get like, probably it was like three miles just to get to our peak that we wanted to get to so we get to this peak and sure enough we, we see the buck and he's just tiny so we're like you know what it's not worth it not for what we have to get through to get back to the truck keep in mind this whole story is about we're about 15 miles one way and then we went like 16 or 17 back the other way because we took a detour so we're coming down this edge we're coming down the steep edge and i'm now i'm getting nervous because this guy next to me has trekking poles that he can like use like step everywhere and i'm just Hoping and praying by the grace of God that I don't slip out and fall down this mountain phase and just like <laughs> lose everything. And of course, we got our bows on our back, so we're walking. You can just hear your cams like hitting the rocks, and you're like, "Oh, come on, man!" <laughs> and then we're coming down this rock face, and I lose control, slip backwards, and I 
pretty much crushed my cans on this rock because I fell on my back. <laughs> and Bobby's just looking at me going, hey, Sanka, you dead yet? <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> um, but long story short, we get down, get over a couple ridges. Now we're getting tired. We're running out of water. It's been like, I think we're like 10 miles into it now, like getting back and we're going up and down rolling hills, up and down rolling hills, and it just doesn't stop. And when we think we're close, we're not close at all. Another another up. Another, another up and another down. And finally, we ran out of water. <laughs> and we had about three miles back to the truck, and we get back to the truck, and we're so happy. And we started walking back around noon. It was about 8 o'clock when we finally got back to the or 7, right, when we got back to the truck. So it was seven hours to get back to the truck. We get back to the truck, and I am so tired. I can barely pull my pack off my back. Because our packs weighed about, like, what? Mine was, like, 40. Yours is probably, like, 50 pounds. It was so heavy because you had all the water. Well, what was that? Water. Well, yeah, yeah. But when we started out. um, So we get out there, and we uh, get back in the truck, and he just starts chugging water. Because he is just so dehydrated. He's chugging water. And I, I've been in situations where I've been dehydrated. <laughs> and I know just don't chug water. <laughs> yeah. So he's chugging water. <laughs> and we're driving back on this bumpy road doing some like winds and turns and stuff. And it's kind of rocky and bumpy. And he's like, man, I am just so hot right now. And my truck is freezing because it's cold out. Like it's like 43 degrees. Yeah, it's 43 degrees. My truck was freezing. He's like, I'm so hot. He's like, I got to turn the AC on. And I'm like shivering. I'm like, dude, what is wrong with you? And I look at him. His face is all pale. I'm like, oh, no. I'm like, he's going to puke. And he's like, no, 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 man. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm just going to, I'm just going to take a little nap. I'm like, all right, cool. He's just tired. That's it. So he lays his head back and he's falling asleep and then he's like tossing and turning and he's falling asleep, tossing and turning and then he like wakes up and he's like staring at the road. I'm like, you all right, man? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm like, all right, cool. So I hit this one last bump and do like this weave and like you could just see him like turn and he looks at me and he goes, can we pull over? And I was like, oh no. I slam on my brakes. I hit the unlock button. He swings the door open and he just starts letting it loose. Just projectile vomiting four times out of the car. Didn't stop. Nonstop. <laughs> of course, I videotaped it all and I'm definitely going to post it and show that to the world because it's awesome. <laughs> and I, 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 can't hide, I can't hide from the video anymore. No, not at all. And he, you just... It was just water coming out of him, too. It was nothing else but water. There was literally nothing coming out. And he goes, at the end, he's like, and he, like, rolls back into the car. He goes, please tell me you got that on video. (laughs) I'm like, yep. He goes, good. I feel great. (laughs) And then we got back to Tucson. It was a two-day backpacking trip, and it was awesome, but it was savage, man. And like you said, we were in Coos country. That's all we saw. There was no muley. There was no nothing. Where we were, it was just Coos country, and it was crazy there like so what, the first day you saw like what 16 17 does walking around yeah mature does by themselves it's just you no. know and, I, and i've been on i was on a hunt uh last year down here in southern arizona it's kind of the same deal man we couldn't figure it out these you know m- mature does late december early january they should be rutting bucks should be rutting these does and you know, they weren't i don't know if it was just too hot that's probably what it is too hot you know the, these does aren't cycling yeah, it sucks. But, I mean, so many mature does just just hanging out, not yeah, by themselves so for hours. Yeah. We weren't even like we were watching one doe literally feed for a few hours and just, just by herself. No yeah. one, even, no one came to, no one, nothing happened. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it was a bummer. And then Sunday morning, of course, JT comes over to the house. Or actually, Saturday night, he comes over to the house. <laughs> and he's like, you're going to go home with me tomorrow, right? Monday night. Oh, was it, so it was Sunday night because we had a three-day weekend. Yeah, Sunday night. Uh, he's like, you're going to go home with me tomorrow, right? I'm like, man, I'm sore. He's like, you're such a baby, dude. He's like, you didn't even do any hiking. It wasn't even that hard. I'm like, oh, my gosh, shut up, man. Go to sleep. <laughs> and he's like, it's my last day to hunt with you. You're not going to hunt with me? No, I'm not going to hunt with you. I'll see how I feel tomorrow. I'm sore. All right. So we're hanging out. We're playing NHL 18 on the, on the Xbox, to being total nerds, you know. Um, having a good old time. Just a good old time, yeah. Sweet headsets. Sweet headsets, talking trash to the other people. <laughs> um, actually, just talking trash between each other, saying how bad we suck, even though we're on the same team. Um, and Monday morning, my light, he leaves all his stuff in my room purposely. All of it. Smart. I walked in my room and I was literally tripping over all this crap. He's like, oh, I slept in no, your bed. No, I didn't leave it. No, no, no. Time out, time out. I didn't leave it there purposely. You sure. were out of town and I borrowed your room while you were gone. It's simple as that. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't tell me. I, out of town. I was just on a mountain. No big deal. <laughs> yeah. I, I show back up to the house. Hey, man, I uh, slept in your bed last night. All right, cool. Thanks, man. Hey, uh, I borrowed a towel. All right, cool. And then I see a Snapchat. He's like, him and Jake like wearing one of my t-shirts working out. I'm like, awesome. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's uh, that seems standard. They always socks. they take everything from my room and they wear it to do these things, and then they videotape it and they expect me not to see it. Uh, that's all right, because Matt, Matt Matt steals all my ball caps every single time he comes to visit me. True. So now you know that's why. True. Yeah, that's and not I'm going why. To, you, I'm going to keep doing years. it. I'm never going to stop. Yeah. I don't care well, if you're about, 85 years old in a wheelchair. Well, since you're going to bust on Bobby, how about we bust on how bad you smelled when you came back Sunday? No, it's not. <laughs> you literally – I've smelled some raunchy, raunchy things in my life with my career. That was one of the top ones right there. He loves how rank you smell. I mean, dude, I, you, I couldn't even – I can't even describe the smell. It was so rank. Yeah. And then, you missed out, um, dude. You missed out. It was – Bobby, I'm telling you, dude, it was ungodly. Bobby smelled just as bad. <laughs> He had yeah, the devil like, coming out of his ass. It wasn't that bad because you guys were smelling your own smell. Right, yeah. right. As, as, a, as an outsider smelling in, it was... Horrendous. It was, it was like domestic terrorism. <laughs> <laughs> domestic. That's domestic terrorism at its finest, folks. Oh, Dude, well, he, Bobby smelled just as bad. But I showed up and it wasn't like I was fine with the clothes on. It's once everything peeled off and, like, I was throwing it oh, in the washer, it was just, like, you could just – I could smell it. And it was bad. And he walked it's by like, me. It's like Batman fighting crime in a rubber suit. Really savors <laughs> Really savors the flavor. Um, <laughs> he looks at me and he goes, oh. I'm like, what? He's like, you just – oh. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't even get the words out. It was so bad. I'm like, I know. I got a shower. I stink, dude. I understand. I smell bad. He's like, no, just God. Oh, I'm like, all right, thanks. So back to him, you know, guilt tripping me into go hunting on Sunday. He's like, come on, man. It's the last time I'm going to hunt with you. You're really not going to hunt me. I'm going to go by myself. And I'm like, just wake me up in the morning, you know? And he's like, all right. And as I'm walking into the room, he's like, I'm leaving my stuff in there. So I got to get it in the morning. <laughs> So sure enough, 5 a.m., light flips on. Hey, Matt. Matt. What? You going with me? You going with me. All right, I'll think about <laughs> it. He goes to shut the light off. I go, just leave the light on. I'm like, if you leave the light on, I'll get pissed enough and I'll get up. 
<laughs> so he left the light on, and I hear him out there. He's feeding my dog the wrong food, and she's just chomping away on not the food that she needs to be eating. And I know he just doesn't, he's just he's just throwing food in there, not you know, no remorse, no care in the world. Oh, I I put the two different types of food out. I just gave it to the wrong dogs. <laughs> oh, nailed it! <laughs> nailed it! <laughs> yeah. Whoops. So, all right, so then we get out Sunday morning, we go do a hunt, and this time I was kind of happy because we were just in some little flats, and it was just nice and easy walk. Of course, JT is in a mission to sprint, so I'm like 40 feet behind him walking really slow, and he's just like yeah. stopping, looking at me, going, stopping, looking at me, going, like a dog, you know, like a dog that runs too far and turns around and looks for yeah. its owner, just this time he wasn't looking for his owner, he was just like, hurry the up. <laughs> Um, well, that's what happens when you when you leave your tags at the house when you're freaking. We're not going to talk about that. When you're three quarters of the way to your your destination on an hour drive, and you're like, "Oh, sorry, man." I'm like, "What?" You're like, "I left my tags at the house." You got to turn around. <laughs> I just kept going, dude. Hey, even though I got out there with him, he let me stalk the buck that we actually got on, which ended yep. up was a, just a disaster because. It got spooked by another hunter. Yeah, because it was so. This unit that I'm, I love so much, and I hate so much at the same time. <laughs> um, it is super, super packed with hunters, weekend hunters, of course. And me and Matt were out there, and of course we were a little bit late because Matt forgot his tags, which is no big deal. Because a lot of the deer don't move when the when you first light; they actually move when the sun. Um, Creases over the horizon out there. And I don't know why it is, but it's always been like that. Ever since I've gone out there, I never see deer movement until the sun actually creases over the horizon. So I told Matt, you know, we're going to be late. We're going to be walking when the sun comes up. But as long as we get there before it creases, we'll be fine. So we're sitting there, we're glassing up some deer. We see a, a decent buck come down. We're glassing, we're glassing him. And of course, now we see other another hunter, or another group of hunters on the ridge across from us. And... We kind of are glassing them, and they're looking down into the same valley, and they start walking away. So I'm thinking, oh, perfect. These guys are done. Well, as this buck that we were glassing up uh, starts coming out, I look back across, and they're, they're glassing the same exact buck up. <laughs> oh, and, no. he, and, and he actually put a, a stalk on it before it came to us. Um, didn't spook it. He was way off. He was like 200 yards off and looking in the wrong direction. Um, but... At that point, as he was going back up on the ridge and the buck was getting closer, I finally just made – I told Matt, I was like, it's either now or never. And I think they were thinking the same thing. So they <laughs> they also went down after him. Oh, no. So you had two guys stalking the same exact buck from different angles. And, uh, oh, man, it was just a crapshoot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the guy – it was funny because the guy – the, other the closest hunter, shot. Yeah, he was 60 yards away or closer – coming down this hillside and the buck was, was standing there broadside staring at him but he was looking the opposite direction <laughs> oh no and I wanted to like signal him and just be like dude shoot that stinking buck he's standing there yeah but um he was pushing a couple does and, and they're the ones that actually got spooked and he followed him but yeah for the longest time he was within bow range of this buck broadside and uh he was just looking the wrong way yeah, I was getting spotted by another doe that was like five feet away from them. She was just staring at me, and I was like, "God, I can't move." Yeah, tons of does out there, and the bucks and the bucks in that specific area. Um, I would say since the beginning of January. Um, actually, I would say before that, because it was right around Christmas when I first went out. 
um, are really, really pushing those um, aggressively, and it's very noticeable when you get out there. Uh, and Matt can and Matt can attest for that as yes. we saw again, again this weekend. The rut is in full effect out there. Like out of the nine out of ten, it's a, probably like an eight out of ten. I would say it's a nine out of ten. Nine out of ten rut out there. I mean, hmm. if you go out there and you glass a buck up, he is one hundred percent pushing a doe. And this and this buck literally jumped between different groups of does oh, all yeah. morning. He was he was way way out. He was probably like seven hundred <laughs> yards out. We glassed him at like seven hundred yards out, pushing a couple of does. Then he. Uh, he came downwind a little bit, pushed another doe, came downwind another bit, uh, a little bit, pushed two more does. And then the last group of does that we saw him with before they got spooked were just two random does that were actually um, within 100 yards of us, I would say, at the base of this hillside. Um, but he uh, he pushed them away way too fast for us to even get an opportunity to go down on them. So, um, he was a nice yeah, buck, too. Tell, like, didn't he have like, he had, like a – one of his racks was like broken because he was yeah, he's like yeah. an old buck who's been fighting. It's, it's he didn't you know he was uh, he was definitely a mature buck. Um, he looked like on when I glassed him up from five hundred away, it looked like he was he had four on one side, but the other side I could I couldn't tell it because it looked either deformed or broken. And the closer he got, it looks like he has like a main beam. Um, that might have like some nubs on it, and I and I couldn't tell from glassing them whether that was um, a, a defect or it was um, a genetic like a genetic defect or if it was some sort of uh, like an injury or they like you know broken off from fighting or something like that. But he was an old buck. Uh, but yeah, super 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 cool buck. I mean, I I would definitely I would definitely have taken that buck. Um, but yeah, I I gave Matt the opportunity, and then after that happened, he was. Oh, he had his panties in a bunch, and he wanted to get back to the car. So yeah, I was pissed. Yeah, I was tired. I was angry. I took <laughs> yeah. my dude. I had blisters on my feet, and I took my shoes off just so I could not. So they couldn't hear me. I got in this little ditch, and JT couldn't see me anymore because I was crouched down taking my boots off. So I was like, I, I, everything I'm touching is crunching. Right. So I took my boots yeah, and off. Yeah, and let me tell you, as as the guy that is guiding the guy to the deer, when you lose that guy. Your job is done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I look back. I look back, and I have your spot. I should have brought my binoculars. I had your spotting scope. Not your spotting scope. Your, yeah, uh, your range thing. finder. Because I, I, yeah. I didn't have much hands. I had to go. You know, I was just going. Yeah. And he's down there chasing this buck <clears throat> looking for me through a range finder. And I'm trying to find him. <laughs> oh, my God. he's, like, taking his clothes off. Like a bozo. Oh, it was the, I, that's, it was, that's his fault. I told him to take that bino harness with him. He's like, nah, yeah. I don't want it. It was chaos, dude. But but I look back and I catch him on the on the rangefinder and I'm looking at him and he's not giving me any signals and I'm like he has no idea where I'm at right now so yeah, my I'm phone like, starts buzzing yeah. in my pants. <laughs> yeah, because I'm glassing up him and then I'm glassing up the buck. I'm going back and forth between them and I I know where he is because he's not moving that fast on purpose, of course. And then all of a sudden, like he di- he dumps like you know he dips into this like ravine. And starts taking his clothes off, and I'm going full naked, dude. I'm going Rambo, killing a single. And knife. I can't, yeah, it's, and I it's can't a find new a style. Anymore. It's a new style. Yeah, all the all natural style. Yeah, <laughs> I was going just everything swinging. <laughs> no, but, so yeah, I, after that, I hiked up to the where he was at, and I was just like, just sat there and just kind of pouted for a little bit because I was tired, and I had my adrenaline pumping. And he's like, I bet your adrenaline's pumping. I go, No, not at all. Yeah, because <laughs> I saw I was angry. <laughs> really, I was walking down there. Just I was just like, like a sour everything voice. was just like. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so 
that was the weekend story, and we, there's not too much longer left, you know, or season's almost done for over-the-counter, and then after that, it's just whatever tag you've been putting in for. Bobby got drawn for turkey and kaibab, um, so he'll be going up there to do a turkey hunt. JT, like I, we were talking in the last podcast, he's going up uh, to Sholo for a bear hunt for archery, so they got a lot of stuff coming their way. Uh, we're putting in tags for Wyoming for next well, – not this year in like November time frame, so we got a lot of stuff coming up, which is cool. But yeah. to get on to um, another topic, I want to talk about. So Bobby loves archery hunting; he's big into archery hunting. And uh, when he came back from Kuwait three years ago, he killed a nice bull elk. Uh, he got drawn for bull elk while we were in Kuwait, deployed, and told me he was going hunting. This is before I even really got into it, or barely really knew Bobby. <laughs> so I was like, "Cool, man, that sounds like we fun." Out, we just worked out together. Yeah, we just worked out together. That was it. I actually don't even like him. Um, <laughs> so sure the, the feeling was mutual yeah I, absolutely I should, I should say on this it's okay iTunes will block it out yeah. um, so the season's not open but you can put in for tags now so I kind of want to talk to Bobby and ask him what what do you think for archery hunters what units do you think for people who have minimal points I know it's hard to get drawn for bull elk here like it's you got to have some points or you got to go in a group that has a lot of points you know um but for someone who maybe has two or three points trying to put in for an area maybe get drawn what would you think what would be your best advice for someone putting in for a unit to hopefully get drawn with maybe three or four points even though it sounds kind of ridiculous but place that might be overcrowded or something like that what 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 can you bring light to in arizona i know it's kind of a broad question but yeah no you've been uh, here your whole life I think it depends, and there's a few things you got to think about. I think it depends on what kind of hunt you're looking for. You know, like what, are you looking to kill, you know, a 350 class bull or Yes, or, yes. Or better? <laughs> or <are you? laughs> JT's like, yep, absolutely. <laughs> this is more broad for JT because he has, what, three points? Obviously, everyone wants to kill, you know, a 350. And, you know, we can get, we can get on another tangent on that and, you know, you see so many people, especially with social media, you know, everyone throws pictures up of big bulls that they killed, you know, 370, 380, 390. And, um, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of been, you know, if, if you're not touching 370, then it's not a big bull. You know, and that's, that's crazy to me because a 330 inch, 320, anything with 300s, that's a big bull elk. That is a monster. You know especially I mean? on public land. Especially yeah. public land, especially 30 yards with a bow. I mean, that is a giant, you know what I mean? But, again, you know, we'll just go back to it. What you're looking for, it, it really depends on what you're looking for. You know, are, are you looking to just get out there and you just want to hunt? You want to learn? You want to listen to some screaming bulls and, you know, put some stocks and just kind of experience the hunt? Or are you looking to kill, a, you know, a monster? And there's, there's units out there that can provide both if, you know, for a guy that's just has two or three points and wants to hunt, just wants to get out and hunt elk, you know, during the rut or what, whatever it is. We're talking about archery, so the pinnacle for archery is, you know, September rut hunt. That's when it's hitting hard over there. So, you know, if, <clears throat> if you're looking to just get out there and hunt, I'd say, you know, get in the regs and find the units that are, you know, giving out the most tags. I mean, that's that's kind of... What do you know? Like, probably, you probably don't know the top of your head, but do they? It probably changes every year, huh? So, yeah. yeah. What, what units would you say? This is this is for you, JT. You know, six A. 
There's a lot of tags in 6A. It's a Flagstaff area. 6A, documenting that. (laughs) Um, I I don't know all of them. I haven't looked at the regs this year. But, you know, just get in there and look at units that, um, you know, they're giving out the most tags. And there's a couple of things. You get in the regs. You can get on uh, GoHunt.com. You can check that out. They'll give you pretty cool website. They'll give you stats and all kinds of cool information. You know, you can pl- plug in how many bonus points you have for Arizona, and then you can click on a unit and hunt, and they'll give you like, hey, with your bonus point, you're you have a seven percent chance of drawing, and that's based off of last year's uh, numbers, but they're pretty similar, you know, every year. Um, but and then it, you know, if you're looking to kill a giant, you know, for the longest time, the you know the the unit to put in for is unit nine, and it's known around the world. You know, Boone and Crockett and Pope and Young Bulls come out of Unit Nine, but uh, Unit Unit Nine is a lot like the Strip. You know, it's it's pretty much dominated by guys. So, so it's just guy. If yeah, you don't have a guy, it's hard know, to get on anything. Yeah, if you don't have a guy, I mean, that's not to say that you know DIY guys like like us and everyone else out there can't get it done, but your odds are are not in your favor, especially in that unit. And on top of that, it's going to take you 20, 20 years or so to, you know, statistically to draw that tag. Um, just cause you know, everyone and their mother is, is putting in for it because it's unit nine, you know, unit nine, Arizona bull tag. That's just like, you know, Arizona strip mule deer tag is, I mean, they're, they're right on the same level. So, um, yeah, I think it's just it depends on what you're looking for. You really need to figure that out first, you know, and then make your decision based on that. Um, and there's a couple other units that that hold really big bulls that you can draw, um, you know, with not not so many points. Um, but uh, yeah, man, I think it's just uh, I think that's what you need to figure out first. But there's was given the most tags, and then just go from there and go yeah. on go hunt. So what is that website? GoHunt.com. GoHunt.com is pretty cool. There's hunting fool. There's a couple other things. I think you got to they charge you like a membership or whatever. But um, pretty cool. Or you can just <coughs> do it old fashioned and get in the regs and you know do your do your homework, do your research, and um, kind of go from there. But uh, yeah. yeah, man, that's that's kind of that's kind of the, the down and dirty. The, I, I, I realize that doing your homework is like a big part of it now. Cause yeah. like we went on this hunt and if it wasn't for you being there, I would have been lost. Like you had maps out, you were like looking at areas that we can be in elevation, what's good, what's not. I mean, in Arizona, there's so many places you go where it doesn't tell you much, you know, yeah. like the, it won't say posted. It won't say anything. You'll get lost quick. Yeah. Like just like our spot, it said, Oh, here is, what national forest here is wilderness you can hunt here you can't hunt here doesn't really have a fine line there's just some free range cattle fences and you're like uh wait is this side good is this side not good wait we got to get the map okay cool all right the map says we're good (laughs) but if you don't have a map or you're not like and especially we were up in some areas where there was no service at all we couldn't pull up uh on x maps or anything like that and we're looking at this free range cattle and we're like crap and there's a fence and we're like are we allowed to go over this fence yeah like uh uh-oh and then, of course, Bobby whips out the map. Thank God he had it and looked. He's like, yep, we're good. Jumped the fence and started going, you know, and we were in open range and it was all good to go. Yeah, man, that's, I mean, 
that's just a, we got a whole other topic. Yeah, yeah. You know, electronics are good. GPSs are, are <laughs> solid, but man, I nothing replaces a good a good paper map for me at least. You know, it's it's always going to be there. You can carry it with you. And lightweight, especially if you're going yeah. on a backpack. You know. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. I realize what's your what's your uh, what is your little saying? Ounces equal pounds. Ounces equal pounds, and pounds equal pain. And we definitely learned that this weekend because if it wasn't for him helping me pack my pack out, it would have been painful. And we were we were pretty heavy still. Yeah, you know, we we definitely could have cut weight in other other areas, but yeah. So let's uh so okay we we got that with the whole units and everything like that. Doing your research, doing your homework, go on those websites, check them out. Um, but for I want to go over this topic real quick for you in the podcast is our loadouts. So like you said, being light is just the way to do it. So Bobby, what were you rocking with? You had your QU pack, right? Yeah, you should me go down a list. Yeah, just go down a quick list of what you had to, you yeah. know, help you on this hunt. Because this yeah, is what we're all so, about is the backcountry hunting and stuff. Uh, I had a the QU Icon Pro fifty two hundred. Um and then I had for sleeping bag, it was just a just a marmot down bag. Twenty degree bag. I mean, it, you know, it didn't get cold enough to even yeah. hit that. <laughs> we were probably hot the whole time. Yeah, it gets the job done. I had a, I think it's a big Agnes um, sleeping pad. I don't remember them all. Yeah, lightweight stuff. Yeah, super lightweight, easy easy to pack. Um, I had a, I run an outdoorsman's tripod and pan head. Um, little little on the heavy side, I and mean, there's other options out there, you know, carbon fiber and whatnot, but. Um, really liked Outdoorsman's products. And then, uh, for optics, I had, um, the EL range 10 by 42s. And then I have, uh, their ATS 80 spotter. Um, and let's see what else we got. Just, you know, normal stuff, GPS. I, I bring two headlamps. I had my bow and two releases. In case, I, in case I lose one. Very funny. Uh, you know, I, I think I packed in two gallons of water. Probably should have packed more. Which we ran out of. Yeah. We both had two pounds. And then, you know, just miscellaneous food. You know, we brought two two freeze-dried freeze meals, some oatmeal, um, some pro bars. Big fan of those. They're... Uh, very calorically dense for for their weight. Um, some coffee. I think I run an MSR uh, wind burner stove. Super light too. Super light. Tiny packs yeah. in nice. It's pretty sweet. And then you had your what? You had your little dry bags that were super light, and then your uh, in your sleeping bag you had the um, yeah stuff sack. Yeah stuff sack, which is yes. I'm telling you right now is a lifesaver having a stuff sack because I didn't have one, and my sleeping bag took up the whole bottom half of my pack. And it was hard as hell to pack everything else in there. Yeah. So if I would have had that, it would have been great. Because looking at Bobby's pack and looking at my pack, he had so much room and I had no room. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, and that just goes into, again, you know, doing your homework. And that's one I, – I love that part about the hunt. You know, the hunt's, you know, the, one of the greatest parts in, in the experience and, you know, being out there. But I, I enjoy the process. I enjoy researching and – you know, finding the best equipment and getting the best that I can afford and, you know, figuring out how to pack it. And that's just something that I enjoy. And, you know, I'm all over Google Earth all the time and 
it's just there's a lot to it that that guys don't realize you know people think oh yeah you know you talk to people yeah i hunt and then you know you you take them on you know you you take them on a hunt like that and they just it opens their world opens their mind to a whole another side of it so um, yeah it's not it's nothing like you're just sitting on a road driving up and just yeah, walking in an area like, this no, is some shit where nothing you're, against that no. you know that's just not it, i'm just saying you can't just take someone out on that hunt. It's like right. you got to be physically fit. That was one of the hardest things, probably one of the hardest things I've done. Yeah. Like when, my, and that's this is a perfect kind of platform to talk about that. You know, give, given the the nature of this podcast and and the name of it. I mean, we've, we worked our asses off, and like I said, I, you know, this year's kind of been this past year's kind of been crazy for me. Um, we come back from deployment and. Uh, girlfriend had brain surgery and then I had shoulder surgery and I was studying for the fire department test and you know I didn't have a whole lot of time to, to train and you know, luckily uh, my mountain legs didn't didn't uh, I didn't lose those two they didn't bad. fail you they were, you're still you're still bad. moving but I mean you know puking at the end was <laughs> that's something that I've never done yeah um, and it you know it as soon as I got home I I, I told uh girlfriend i was like well that was ridiculous and that was pitiful and i need to get back in the gym (laughs) gives you the motivation um anyways you know yeah man that's that's kind of the raw of what i pack we can uh no that's awesome we can go over a list and and we can kind of yeah that's that's basically all i wanted was just just a quick list what you had he was i mean he was still packing pretty heavy he probably weighed in that your pack probably weighed in like what 45 pounds maybe um yeah, I'm going to say... With water? 50, 50 to 60 with water. Yeah, because, I mean, you need to have all that stuff. You have to have it. You can't be up there without it. It's literally essential stuff. And you realize how much stuff you don't have when you get up there. You're like, crap. Yeah. You know, but then you can't pack it because it's so heavy. you got to literally think light, light, light. Yeah. And that's what it comes down to. And I, I mean, I learned it the hard way, too. I got up there and I was like, wow, this is rough. Thank God I trained... My butt off every day. I work out as much as I can and I put in the work because when you get up to stuff like this, this is stuff where people will not go. They will go, but it's not, not something – it's not something – yeah. Because just physically – I mean we got to – I think we hit like 4,000 feet in elevation and I could already feel myself sucking in air. I was like, wow. I'm like my breathing is already getting hard. And like Bobby said while we are up there, he's like nothing can prepare you for something like this. You can train all you want. You can run all you want, but nothing prepares you. Then walking uphill and putting a pack on your back and moving. And that's what I want to get into real quick is when you go to train, make sure if you're out there training, put a pack on, put a vest on, find a hill near your house, near your hometown, anything that just goes uphill, put a 40-pound vest on or something like that. If you're a law enforcement officer, just throw your vest on with your plates in there and everything like that, your ammo, and just walk. And you will really enjoy that because you won't enjoy it it'll suck yeah. the whole time but when you get a pack on your back and you're walking uphill to go do a hunt you're gonna be like wow i'm not as scared as i thought i could because think if we would have jumped something as we're walking up breathing heavy i can still pull a bow back calm my breathing down in time to take a shot if you're dead tired and you're and everything's going up and down it's like well i can't shoot now because it's not going to happen yeah no i mean think you know you think about it if you know uh, a, a baseball player doesn't doesn't get good at playing ba- at, at doesn't become a, a baseball player you know a, a successful baseball player by just working out in the gym you know they they get good at baseball by playing baseball yeah just like a football player gets good at playing football 
and you know just it's the same with backpack hunting you know you're not going to get good at hiking mountains with weight on your back unless you hike mountains with, with weight on your back <laughs> you know, I mean, that's, just, that's just the the truth about it so that was uh was that, was that based off of uh science is that yeah dude i mean it's pretty much science you know what i mean yeah. kind of like kind of like the same science where like you know you have two releases you know case you know because <laughs> just in case you lose one and you jump you a nice one, buck yeah. and because wh- whatever will go wrong whatever can go wrong will go wrong you know what i'm saying murphy's law baby murphy's <laughs> law is a real thing i mean i'm pretty sure bill and i proved it but yeah. no big deal bill bill um yeah so that's basically it for this podcast uh jt do you, you want to add anything uh, I don't really have anything to add other than Bobby is a hundred times more knowledgeable than me and Matt combined when it comes to Western hunting, everything else, he doesn't know anything. Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, I'm way stronger but, than him, but he's just more knowledgeable. Super, super stoked to have him here. And, uh, like I said, he knows a lot more than we do. So yeah, thanks for having He'll be on the podcast a lot more just because it's good to have him on here. Just because he knows about the Western hunting, he knows all about. He, I mean, he born and raised in Arizona. He knows all about Arizona hunting. It's where he's been hunting. You know, he's he's been to Colorado too. Uh, so there's there's a lot more talk. There's a lot of. It's a good year coming up for us. And I, I want to end it with if if you had one thing on that hike, what would it have been? Like, wait, the one thing that you really needed the most. What you think? What it was that you needed. That we didn't have? No, no, no. That you had that you think, oh, good thing I brought this. Besides water. Besides water and food. And, and an extra release besides those. <laughs> yeah. Uh, man, I I'm, I'm, I love glassing. I'm a, I'm a big proponent of glassing. And, and we didn't do it very well on this trip because it's new country. Neither one of us had been in there. So I, I kind of wanted to just explore a little bit. Um, but yeah, optics for sure, man. That's my, that's my go-to, you know, I was, my stepdad always told me, you know, let your eyes do the walking and I mean, he's right, you know? So I think one of the most important things for, for me and if I had any advice to anyone is, you know, buy the best optics you can afford because they truly will make the biggest difference out there, especially on that kind of hunt, you know, um, these you know these mule deer hunts where it's flat yeah you're going to do some glassing but it's going to be harder and you're not going to be able to get up high and you know really pick apart some country but in that situation in that hunt you know glassing is is crucial so yeah optics would be would be mine yeah i think for me what i really needed that i didn't have uh was trekking poles because i really wish i had trekking poles (laughs) Yeah, because be nice. keeping your hands out like a freaking boat to try to keep your balance on stuff <laughs> that is like a 45 degree incline straight down on something you're like wow this is really scary and bobby's just running down the hill with trekking poles because he's just like using those a step down i think i need a trekking pole so first thing i did when i came home is i bought trekking poles <laughs> so no more of that i definitely will have trekking poles this time so i'm pretty excited about that um i got i bought a bunch of new stuff i actually bought bobby's pack because I really wanted it and he was going to get rid of it and buy a new one. So I'm taking his pack because I need a lightweight pack as well. Um, so definitely it's going to get better. Uh, hopefully we get it done in the next few weeks. we got one more hunt coming up. We're going to do a backpacking hunt again. We're going to go up for two days and hopefully we can 
get something done. I mean, it's hard. It's, it's rough. You can't, it's, it's just rough, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's hard hunting. And JT, of course, won't be with us again because he has to work. Because he has a job. Yes, he's a responsible adult. Well, we're all responsible adults. We just make time, you know. JT can't make time. JT makes the time, but JT has a very busy work schedule. But uh, he... That's your fault. He's kind of a big He definitely wishes that he was there. Why are you talking in third person? He's not talking in third person. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I... uh, it is. It is. Uh, it's a bummer not being able to go out with you guys as much as you guys are going out. Um, but like, uh, like you said earlier, I got a bunch of hunts coming up that I'm going to go out for for javelina and turkey that I got drawn for and spring bear and hopefully at the end of the year with Wyoming and yeah. fingers crossed Ohio for a week bow hunting out there. So, did you guys talk uh, about your Wyoming hunt already? Oh yeah, we will. We'll get on that again. We just brought it up briefly yeah we, that, yeah there's a lot to talk podcast. about we have a lot to talk about i'm still th- i mean i'm still trying to even just do this i barely even know how to get this thing to work yeah, you, you know let alone i can't even put an intro song <laughs> um so yeah that's that's it for this podcast um i'll definitely have one next week hopefully start getting these posted so everyone can see them no one might see them which is fine this right. is just cool um so yeah that's the work for your meat podcast and thank you Bobby and thank you JT again for being on the podcast. I yeah, appreciate yeah. it because I don't know exactly what I'm talking about, but man, do I love it and I'm hooked and this is just amazing and I could do this easily for the rest of my life until my legs don't work and then I'm going to get on a wheelchair that has four wheel drive and I'm going to be cranking up <laughs> mountains the same way. Um, how it is. That's how it is. Yeah. You just keep putting in the work. I mean, we got buddies of ours that we went hunting with in Wyoming who are 40 years old and they're cranking away, making us look like punks you know and we're like they're actually they're actually six almost 60 years old and they're savages and they're savages yeah and it's awesome to to get the knowledge from them and stuff so yeah that's it for this podcast hopefully next week or in a couple weeks i'm gonna get nick debacca on here and he's a guide for Dwayne adams hunting and he guides the kaibab area and new mexico area and he's actually he's man they smashed a lot of bucks this year and it's awesome to see all the stuff they've done so hopefully i can get him on here he's definitely excited to come on here um but yeah, that's it for the Work for Your Meat podcast. Uh, stay tuned for next week. Oh.